The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. I'm Benita Robledo. And I'm Tiffany Polly Moon. And this is the One Power Channeling Hour, where we talk all things Wheel of Time. myself because that would be boring for you um but oh my gosh i feel like i've never read this book before because okay really yeah, just as like a person who only read who has only read through the series once right it's uh-huh. like when you're reading like a huge series like this with like such a vibrant world it's almost impossible i feel like your first read through to like take in everything yeah there's so much so i'm like Oh, I'm like, and and now that I like know the story, I know the players, Uh I know like what's happening. I'm like, oh, I probably just ignored this before because I'm like, I had no like contemplation of what Alma's plane was at this point when I was trying to like read this, you know, I'm like, well, that maybe that'll come up later. And then like, I was always too lazy to like, kind of like, or like it just felt so daunting to like try to go back through the books and like find the stuff that you like vaguely remembered and like mm-hmm. so anyway I'm it's so much fun I have to say the reread for me is slightly annoying uh. <laughs> because because I just want to keep reading oh yeah like we're like you know we're like okay we're just gonna read like up to this point and I'm like oh I can't believe I have to stop <gasps> I know I um know. but that's okay I'm reading um to other books to distract me right now they're so it's so good it's so good i'm trying to like well okay part of my problem this week was i am still trying to get through the eye of the world again but we're not rereading that so i'm like okay uh i'm just trying to do both i know i didn't think it would take me as long as it would to read the chapters we had set up for ourselves but i think in a way we've discovered that that's way too much to go over in one episode anyway I think so. So instead, today, everyone, I know we told you we were going to do prologue through chapter five of The Great Hunt, but we're actually only going to go through chapter three. So prologue. JK, JK, everybody. Just kidding. Sorry. But I think you'll appreciate it because you won't have to listen to us talk for as long as like at one time. And then like we're going to dive so hard into the Tarvalon stuff, Tarvalon. Uh, stuff next week uh it's gonna be real fun because i have been having a great time rereading that stuff and also just kind of but also kind of pissing me off because i'm like could have just done this in the show (laughs) y'all like (laughs) i know i know okay well first let's do a little wheel of time news of like what's going on with the show um and then we're gonna chat a little bit about the bonus features mm. that neither Tiffany or I were aware of up till now. So, all right. So I'll start us off with the news. There's not a whole lot of news, um, to be honest. People are doing a really good job of holding on to those NDAs. Um so first thing we now know that the release date is set for 2023. What? So it doesn't compete with the Lord of the Rings, Are you even though they're going to be done filming. Yeah, even though they're going to be done filming in February, which is also why I'm like, it's fine. We can take our time reading through this. We don't have to rush through it because oh, yeah. it's not coming out 
forever. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing that. And maybe they want everybody to like forget about the first season because it's had like I don't. I actually oh, don't know how I much backlash so. it's gotten because I feel like I, you know, I've come across like some other Wheel of Time fans like not being super into the show like we are. But yeah, I mean, like we aren't also not that into the show. I don't know. I feel like I was just pretty confusing when I said that. But uh, <laughs> I personally have no idea what you meant. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we're not into the show that much. I mean, we're hoping for no. a strong season two, but it feels like, uh, wow, they're really like uh, maybe part of that decision to also is not just based on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> maybe they want to give. I don't know. But that's a long time to wait for like another season. It's a very long time. I mean, I think it makes sense that they're waiting based on Lord of the Rings because I think that's already going to have a really dedicated fan base. So I think they're looking to pull in those people and then kind of keep them hooked like, oh, well, we've also got this fantasy series. Also, Um, I have to say, I'm only newly aware that the Lord of the Rings series is actually not like the like the lord of the rings books again but it's like other stories that aren't like the actual like what they made the movies out of i may be speaking like obviously not of true authority but that is what mario told me is it's like you know there's the samarillion sorry you guys i've never read lord of the rings but i know that that tolkien made this like book that was kind of like you know your wheel of time bible but it had all these like other stories and like really filled out the world like outside of oh that's cool yeah so i hear that they're like pulling stories from a different time than the lord of the rings movies or like the hobbit movies i mean honestly that's kind of what they've done with wheel of time too (laughs) except they're not saying that that's what they're doing (laughs) because it's butchered all right and then so that's that's what we know. We also know that um, they've come out with the name of the first episode, which is A Taste of Solitude. Mm. So I'm guessing it's going to be Rand all by his lonesome. Yeah. And I think actually what's interesting about that title is I think it's a chapter of a book, but like the sixth it, book. It is. Yeah. It's a chapter in uh, The Lord of Chaos. So I, I think it doesn't really... I mean, they're kind of stealing the chapter titles, but not really, like, doing what's in those chapters, right? So, yeah. So, who knows? Um, We also know that the VFX budget has increased a lot, so hopefully our Trollocs will not look fucking lame. Maybe they'll make this, the, like, weaving look like weaving. That would would be nice. Um, We also know that Loyal is not dead. Um, But this I actually, we already knew that, but I think this is really interesting. So Rafe said, Loyal is not dead. He's alive and well and shooting in Prague. I wanted people to be a little on their toes because real deaths are coming for characters that don't die in the books. It's coming and I want it to, I want people to emotionally prepare themselves. I just have, like, the biggest eye roll for that. Such big eye rolls. And I'm sorry, I'm really sick of them being like, well, we can't, like, keep everybody on contract, so we're just going to have to change the story. And it's like... Why not? Why make the story <laughs> if you can't keep yep. people on contract? Like, why, yep. pay them so that they stay on contract. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You knew what you were making. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones kept everybody on contract. I don't know. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then we have a little bit of casting news. This has kind of been out for a while. Um, so people, this might not be news news to people, but still. 
Um, so we have N- Natasha O'Keefe is joining. Uh, she's from Peaky Blinders. We've got Mira Sayal, who is from Misfits. And what I thought was interesting about this is Rafe has teased that these are two of the most important roles. So Natasha O'Keefe, she looks like pretty young, like probably around like our, our main character's ages. I want to say like, you know, 20s ish i don't know i'm also really bad at telling ages um and then the other woman uh mira which i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right she's in her 60s mm-hmm. so i'm wondering maybe she's very yeah i think a lot of people think she's very and then i kind of like yeah. looked at her and was like oh yeah she's probably very and they have she to could bring be Varen in like i they don't have to do anything no, no, no. Tiffany. they have to <laughs> Uh, but anyway yeah i would definitely well since we know that they're still yeah and we're obviously like very far away from cat swain coming into the story anyway yeah um so yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty convinced that she's playing baron me too i think i think that's exactly who she'll be um and then natasha o'keefe mm. i'm wondering if she's gonna be avienda well but i'll just give her red hair come in this soon um yeah i but... think that my guess would be Fael or um, uh, Lanfear. Oh yeah, that's probably right. I bet it's. I bet she's Fael. I bet she's Fael. I, fe- I thought maybe we had a chance that they would get rid of Fael, since like, how can <laughs> Perrin have yet another wife or another love interest in this story? Um, but I guess you know it's fine. I mean, okay. Here's my hope is that Fael will okay. be much cooler in the show than she is in the books. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Could be. Alana's way cooler in the show than she is in the books. That is very true. Yeah. So we have hope. Yeah, but that's what, that's what I'm guessing. I, I want to say Fael or Lanfear. I guess we'll know eventually. I don't know. Maybe we won't, won't know for many. We can continue to speculate as we do our reread, though, because then I think yes. that people will start to occur to us as we... Uh, as we move forward in the reread, like, oh, maybe it's this person. I feel like it. Uh, yeah. Now, I the think only way, um, uh, and the only way Avienda would show up this early, they have to get all the way towards Rand taking down the Stone of Tear and the Aiel being there. Right. Well, they did say. Are they doing? They did say that this would be part part book right. two and part book three. Yeah. So it's it's possible. I think you're right, though. I think it's more likely that it's. That she's Fael. Mm-hmm. You don't think Lanfear? It's more likely. Well, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with the Forsaken. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because because they still have the character that we saw at the end, who we assume is a Shamael, because that's in the books. They still have him on IMDb as the Dark One, which is like so weird, right? Because if you watched that episode and paused it, it said Ishamael. Like you know how like if you pause mm-hmm. on on Amazon, they bring up the casting. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. Uh, okay. I think maybe so. Maybe it is a mistake there. <laughs> they didn't really like be, decide their consistency and what they're going to call him. But yeah, uh, well, I think Natasha O'Keefe looks more like a Lanfear than a Fayil. So hmm. I'm going to look. I think I she looks like look her. her up because I haven't looked at her in a while. She's very pale and has dark hair. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm remembering. 
Yeah, I don't know. But to me, like, she has kind of, like, that super angular, like, I Sedai look. So I feel like maybe Lanfear. I don't know. Oh, well, I hope they can continue to come out with news. But I feel like, man, oh, I guess, did you see that they, like, created, like, some kind of VR experience or something that they released? I did. Yeah, I haven't tried that. You know, they're spending all of this money (laughs) when they could just spend it making the show better. Agreed. Here's the thing, you know what? I just, I, it, money is money is not the problem with the show. Mm. Money's not the problem. Yes, it's storytelling. I think that is true. Um, there was that video that I sent you last night, which mm. I'm gonna um, put up on our Instagram and link to it, um, where I think the, there was a woman who did a really, really good job explaining, kind of art- articulating my issues with the show, okay. um, and. You know, the first thing that she says is that, like, they basically just broke the mechanics of the magic. Yes. Like, they broke the world by by not having it be binary. And then because you break, like, kind of the central theme, you can't, like, then nothing else makes sense. Right. So Because it's the core of the story. I haven't had a chance to watch that video yet, but I am going to. It's an hour long. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> um, but speaking of... The magic. What I mean, they made a whole animated short about side in yes. and side art. I was very confused. Yes, let's talk about the animated shorts. Okay. Let's get to that. Uh, for, yes, a you're right. I was like, wait. So is there side in and side art in this world in the TV show? I still don't understand. They've literally explained nothing about what the one power is, how it turns the wheel. How it creates the power, the pattern. How people Nothing. touch it. How pe- what can people can do with it. What people can't do with it. You know, like bring people back to life, yes, like that. <laughs> uh, and we'll get there eventually. I think I in the Dragon Reborn, and we'll, we'll see. You know, somebody try to bring somebody back yeah. to life. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I, they, it just felt to me that the shorts were so the world of the book that is not the world of the show. Yeah, I was like, I was watching them, and I was like, these are fantastic. Yeah. Whoever did these should do the TV show. Hey. So what's so, going on over there? Somebody who's involved. I know y'all have NDAs, but somebody write to us anonymously and tell us what is happening it. in the writer's room. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't understand. So for those of you who maybe haven't seen, if you go on um, Prime Video – there are like episode zeros or on my you said they were called episode zeros but on mine they were actually um they, it was just like bonus oh, material um yeah i don't know why um and they have like behind the scene looks at like behind the scenes of um uh the episodes and then they have these like little animated shorts they're about three minutes each and i think there are like five of them um about different aspects of the wheel of time so there's um explaining sight and sight dar explaining the breaking explaining um who the dragon is explaining uh the greatest warder of all time oh gosh i feel like i missed that one they were oh, very, yeah. like, was, out of order. So I, like, tried to get five yeah. as many of them as, yeah. like, I could. But I didn't see the greatest order of all time. That's all exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. 
Um, and then there was another one about the Ogier, like the the Ogier's longing, like where that came from. So also kind of random. Yeah. Like why that? Yeah, and it's interesting. Like I feel like they're not very publicized at all. They're not publicized. I wonder if they're not publicized because they they, they truly feel like they have almost nothing to do with the show because they're very they're very true to the books yeah i loved them like i thought the tone Mm -hmm. it it captured like this darker tone Mm -hmm. that i think they want with the show but it was like actually successful yeah um even though they were just animated like they were i don't know i really liked them what do you think yeah i liked them i liked them a lot too and i was just like um you know the yeah the animation style i liked that it was like kind it it was a I thought the animation was really beautiful because it wasn't like quite animated. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like like watercolor yeah. drawings come to life. Yeah, um, yeah, which I thought was really nice. But yeah, I was like, "This is cool. Why would they make these?" <laughs> like, um, it's so bizarre. The Manetherin. I was like, "Well, at least they talked about Manetherin." Oh like, yeah, Manetherin. Was... You know, the Manetherin one was uh was nice to see. Um, I'm trying to remember like the other ones I watched because apparently I didn't watch them all. Um, I saw the one about side in and side R, which I was like, what? And then, uh, what was the first one I saw? Oh, the, about the building um, of the tower. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. The building of the tower. I'm going to pause this for a second. Can you hear the screaming? Mm-hmm. Very sorry. Okay, just a note for whoever's listening. My child is fine. She's just, she's, she's just in a leap. Or uh, she's in a sleep regression, the eighteen month sleep regression, where they just start boycotting naps. So she's okay. That my my nanny is with her and my husband is with her. She is she is okay. <laughs> <laughs> just please don't think that I'm ignoring my child or that there's something wrong. I'm very sorry. Aww. Where I record is right next to her bedroom, and it's nap time. Aww. So <laughs> that's very funny. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Very funny. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't understand why they're doing them. I don't know. I don't know. But I vote for whoever put these together should take over the show. I did. I think he's, like, listed as the writer of them. What? Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm tell s- me I'm what's speechless. happening in the writer's room. Uh, enough about the show. Or I'm sure we'll talk more about enough the about- show. Yes. Because that's what we do. We talk about the show and we talk about the books and we talk about all that stuff. That's why you're here. That's why you listen to us. <laughs> uh, so let's dig in a little bit to uh, the wonderful world of the great hunt. Benita's going to be filling in some knowledge for me from the end of book one, I'm sure, because I like, haven't gotten there yet on my second reread. And if my reread of uh, the great hunt is any indication, um there's a lot i don't remember it probably makes a whole lot more sense in the in the 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 eye of the world that uh you know now having been through the entire book series so this is wonderful i feel like the second read reread sweet spot you know it's like you already know Uh, the whole story laid out but you miss so much going through the first time it's like this is good this is like this is uh this is where where i like to be so we start um, before the prologue, you know, there is a quote from the Carathian, the the Carath, the Carathian, I don't know. 
I just, my mind just kind of glosses over the words. <laughs> but anyway, so we do get a quote from the, um, uh, the, dra- the prophecies of the dragon, I would call it. But, you know, there there's a go. specific one. Well, you know, in the show, there's many, many prophecies and we don't know which one is true or not. But in the books, we know that this, the Carothian cycle so I'm going to pronounce it. Sorry if it's wrong. Uh, the it's okay. In my head, I say Corinthian. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is biblical. It's pro- it is a, probably a biblical it's record. So, you know, it's all good. Um, anyway, so those the, uh, the, that is like the prophecy, at least for the people, uh, for the Aes Sedai, for the, for the people who live on like the main land. Um, I don't even know, like... What do they call the mainland? So, like, I don't actually you know, know. So we know that the 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 Sean Chan, which we haven't seen yet, we've seen them at the end of the show now, or that's who they are. If you didn't know, they come from somewhere that you don't see on the map uh, that's in the yeah. books, and they have different prophecies. And the Sea Folk, the Athan Mayer, they have different prophecies. Uh, the Aiel, they have different prophecies. But everybody that's on like the main land, uh. I think they have this. This is their prophecy. This is their prophecy. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think like Robert Jordan ever like really named the world. Like, you know, like in Game of Thrones, I... there's like Westeros. And I'm pretty sure yeah. that this place does not have a name. But I could be wrong. Somebody I... tell me if I am. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Someone let us know if we are. I don't. I don't think so. Not. I mean, not that I know of either. I'll say that. So basically like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the prophecies of the dragon are pretty scary. Right. Um definitely yeah definitely like uh he's gonna break the world but also save it type of stuff so uh we'll keep an eye out for those as we go along so the prologue this is where our prologues start really getting well i guess you know obviously in eye of the world the prologue also was kind of like outside the world of the book or like the immediately storyline of the book that dives in uh often from a different perspective of like a character that that you, it isn't really telling the story from their point of view for the rest of the book, usually. Right? So, like, yeah. by the world, loose Theron. And here we yep. have a man named Bors. And Ooh. let me tell y'all, this man named Bors haunted me during my first reading of the series. And as I'm reading <laughs> it through again, I'm like, I bet he's not going to haunt me. Because obviously I do know who Bors is now. But I'm going to be carefully reading this book to see if, like, I can figure it out. You know, before knowing within this book, because oh, I was always bothered by it because I felt like Bors appeared in this prologue and I had no idea or didn't even know he was addressed again until like many books later. Right. Yeah. But I think maybe that's not true. And I think maybe where I got a little lost is because when I was first reading the books, I didn't know what the shepherd's crook meant. Right. Oh. So like. Oh. 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 And yeah. then his name was Bors. So I was like, oh, he's probably Bornhold. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. the white book named Bornhold. That makes sense. Uh, I don't know if Robert Jordan put that in as like a red herring, but it was a red herring for me. So there you go, sir. Interesting. Um, and anyway, this guy named Bors is at this like uh, gathering of dark friends. So he's masked. All the rest of the people are masked, but he's like kind of observing everybody around him and like uh able to pick out like who people are based on the rest of like what they're wearing like he he picks out like an iliana woman from her style of dress and he's like kind of judgy judgy on everybody like oh i know who that guy is you know 
Uh, he, he sees a couple of Aes Sedai. He sees uh, somebody from the Othan Marie. Uh, uh, hello, Othan Mayer, right? Uh, and then he, like, uh, sees a Shinaran soldier. Uh, he sees all kinds of people there. So they're kind of gathered in this place. They have no idea where they are. Uh, it's set up to kind of like look like a palace room, but it's uh, black walls, you know. Um, it like has like the kind of idea of a palace room, but clearly we're not in like anybody's like real palace. You know, the fires they say are like uh, not hot, right? It's, they're fires, but they're not giving off heat. There's servants there, but there's something weird about the servants. They all look the same. They all kind of have like a dead look in their eyes if you look at them too closely. Um, so everything like has like the very like the appearance of being like we're in a normal social gathering, but we're clearly not. Uh, and then, you know, some Trollocs come in and a Murdral. And then there's like finally we get like the main host of the day. And it's uh, a guy in like a red mask with, uh, you know, maybe some fire eyes if you look closely enough. And suddenly we get, like, hanging pictures of our three rivers boys, right? They, like, show a hanging, uh, uh, it almost seems like maybe, like, a hologram to me. Like, that's, like, what I kind of, like, like, think of, you know? Uh, so we see Matt, you know, they show Perrin, they show Rand, and they're, like, everybody memorize these guys. Um, then all of a sudden, like, one by one, they start getting, like, individual orders. And they're, like, almost going into, like, kind of, like, a rapture, um, by the way, the guy who's, like, doing all of this in the red mask, he calls himself Balsamon. Interesting. Because don't we think Balsamon's dead from the beginning, from the first book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just checking. Uh, yes. <laughs> we're going to assume you've at least read the first book as we're going through. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Boris gets his orders, and then everybody gets their orders, and they all leave. Um, and then at the very end of the prologue, we learn that Bors is a white cloak. He's a white cloak questioner. He has the sun symbol and also the hook symbol. And that's it. So, uh, love it. Oh my God. This prologue. So creepy. It really is. And like, seriously, it was just like, yeah, I remember like, just like wanting to know who that was so bad that almost to the point where it didn't even occur to me like who the other people were that he was mentioning so now i'm like you know trying to like figure out who all the other people were like obviously like that's so funny it's never occurred to me to even wonder that either oh yeah like i'm convinced yeah. the Shinaran soldier is inktar right <gasps> because when we get into the rest of the book makes me really he's upset. been out on a hunting trip for a while oh yeah. uh and I'm assuming, yeah. like, these prologues can kind of be out of, like, time and space, but I think this one is kind of, like, taking place in the same timeline as our story. That's interesting. I th think it's kind of funny that I've never stopped to consider that maybe we know the other ones, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? Um, yeah, I love, I love this prologue it's so creepy it's so it, it's just fucking cool right like flames that give no heat and you know you're in this like weird place and I you know it's funny I didn't picture a hologram when we see our three boys because it talks about like they almost look alive yeah like I I imagine them almost like just little 
many people that are dead in like that are life not dead but like lifeless mm-hmm. i don't know yeah interesting i like it i like that everybody i i, I like that we like really i think this is the first time because we don't get it yeah this is the first time in the book series where we see something from a dark friend's perspective mm-hmm. where we really yeah i think this is the yeah yeah i think I this think is so the first too. time where we really see like what their world is like it's creepy and cool yeah it, but Big fan. you know it's you know what's interesting is like uh, I, be- I believe more in the show why people would become dark friends. It's like in the book, I don't understand like why you would want to put yourself. I mean, I guess I guess they like the promise <laughs> of like eternal life and power. Sure. But it's just like it's so overtly like evil and like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But you have to think like most of these people, you know, they they've been dark friends for their whole lives, but kind of where they're really called upon to like do this stuff or like the end being near is like pretty recent right like most of the time you just kind of have like this vague promise like i sort of imagine it as something you can almost like forget about you know it's like the dark one is kind of like the godfather right like there will come a day when i ask you for a favor and that day may never come yeah i think yeah i think they're also like yeah, everybody's being heightened to the fact that they're, like, actually living in this, like, time. Yeah. Where maybe they are going to see. But still, it's just, like, so overtly, like, I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to definitely be watching for all the things that, like, Boris sees to see if I can, like, figure him out in this book. Because I think this is one of the examples when I first read through the book that all this stuff, like, oh, it's the same way, like, a lot of Wynn's visions do. It's, like... When you're first reading the books, you have, like, no concept of what they're going to mean right, in the future. So right, you kind right, of, like, right, forget right. exactly what they are. But, like, uh, Boar's seeing, like, um, uh, you know, he, like, sees the Shan Shan, right? Like, he sees an armored man. Yes. Uh, in, in something that, like, looks monstrous, like a poisonous insect. Um, he sees the Horn of Valer, you know? He sees... Yep. Um, you know it being blown he sees uh uh all kinds of things that i think are gonna be uh interesting a wolf leaping through the shadows and ripping out his throat (laughs) i don't know so yeah i'm definitely gonna like try to pay more attention to like these things to see if i can figure him out better because honestly like the first time i read this uh, I had mm-hmm. no idea what time we were in or when this was going to be important. And again, I had right, no right, idea right. like what yeah. these places were they were talking about, which is like where we end up in by the end of the right. book. Right. So anyway, the, for the Aes Sedai, like who, which Aes Sedai do you think were there? I don't know. I just sort of imagined Leandrin. Yeah, I imagine Leandrin too. But then it's like, you know, we continued reading. She's on that trip with the with the Emerlin seat. So I'm like, what? Those... Oh, that's true. Yeah, but but that doesn't matter. Because they're like taken out of t- time. Are they? You know what I mean? Or they're like, well, kind of. Well, they say that at least for boars, right? Like no one will see him return. Right. Good point. Yes. Yeah. So I think it could also I think because it could be Leandrin's orders are like so important in this book. Probably she is yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Maybe the other one's Varen. 
spoiler. <laughs> Come on, y'all. You know that the show is just one big spoiler. Uh, or it could be Alviarin. You know, just considering, like, how she's, like, so important. Sure. But that was, like, part of the thing that really bothered me in the show with how they made the rings have the colored stones, you know? I know. Because he, like, notices them because they're wearing their rings. First of all, like, what idiot Aes Sedai is wearing their rings I at was, this gathering? Exactly. I was just going to say that. Like, come on. Please. She's going to take your hour. Whatever. Um, but then <laughs> if they're doing that in the show, which obviously I don't think we're getting this scene in the show, which is not cool, man. Not cool. But, um, uh, you know, he would have more information like, oh, there's a red Aes Sedai. There's a white Aes Sedai. Especially being a questioner, right. he absolutely would know what those rings mean if right. we are to believe the show's version of how questioners deal with Aes Sedai. I don't believe the show's version of anything. Yeah, good point. But anyway, uh, I've always loved this scene. It's always stuck with me throughout, like, the whole series. So, uh, yay. It was fun to revisit it and have a little bit more of, um, a little more information of where we're going so I can, like, pay, uh, uh, pay more attention during the rest of the book for how this actually shows up because I completely missed it my first time around. Okay, so chapter one, Flame of Tarvalon. I'm going to finally be able to say Tarvalon. I've tried to say it like when I'm reading all the time. I'm just like, Tarvalon, well, Tarvalon. Listen. Uh, well, I, well, listen, I will say, so I'm listening, I'm listening to them on audiobook. And then there's a male and a female narrator and they say them differently. Really? I had never yes. noticed that, but uh, yeah, I've been listening the man, to the, uh, Eye of the World partially in audiobook, like when I'm walking the dog and like partially reading. Right, it, so. right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of doing both too. But yeah, the man says Tarvalon and the woman says Tarvalon. So like, uh, which uh, just bought, like, come on, why can't we have like a common, like, let's just somebody, you know, Harriet. Jordan needs to just be like, this is what it well, is. They all have, and I mean, all the it. pronunciations are in the glossary. So it's like, if, if we all took the time to like, you know, like pay attention <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, but them. you, you uh, would think the narrators of the book well, would. Well, they should. So I don't know. Um, so, I don't know. Anyway, so, chapter one. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll just, I'm just going to backtrack real quick because this read through. I'm also trying to like pay attention to those little pictures at the beginning of the chapters to kind of like see oh, how they I fit I love in. those. Yeah. Totally like just glossed over them in the in the first read there you know but mm, when mm-hmm. i was rereading i the world especially like the peddler chapter and it's like the dragon's fang and i'm like oh okay mm. there's little clues but anyway in the shadow mm-hmm. just has like the main wheel of time logo so not a big that's what the prologue's called um anyway chapter one is called the flame of tarvalon also has just the regular wheel of time logo which is like three wheels mm. together like a mickey mouse um so we start as we always do in all the the books chapter one start the same way with our the wheel of time turns the ages come and pass leaving memories that become legend then fade to myth and are long forgot when that age comes again which i love i love the consistency i love that we follow the path of a wind that takes us to whatever part of the story we're talking about love. it's great um i especially like this kind of uh open of this chapter because that wind like really takes us to a wind that's going to become menacing in a moment Mm. so i think that's kind of neat because they said this particular wind was born in uh, the mountains of doom and kind of like in the blight because they're in faldara still right now 
Um, and uh, we're obviously, we're very, very close to the Dark One when we're in Faldara. So uh, it takes us to the top of the keep, and Rand is practicing swords with Lan, our favorite warder. And Lan, I have to say, is a lot more talkative than I remember him being. <laughs> if you like read the book, he really is. He's telling him all kinds of shit about what's going on, and uh, <laughs> you know, we learn. Uh, uh, we learn about Rand's sword that it was made by the power before and during the Age of Legends, and Rand's kind of like freaked out about that, um, you know, because there's only a couple that are. But somehow, hello to Varen. Uh, we found this our way to this sword that's actually made of the One Power. Um, before they have that conversation, though, uh, Rand is kind of like trapped by a wind while he's like fall like fighting Lan, and. Uh, he has a really hard time like getting away from it. Lan's able to like kind of like stab him because of that, and uh, uh, and Rand's like the wind pushed me like, and Lan seems a little bit troubled by that, but he's just like, oh yeah, strange things happen, uh, being this close to the blight. So they talk about that, and then all of a sudden, uh, they're hearing fanfare, trumpets, drums. They kind of like look at the edge of the keep and see like what's going to happen, like what's happening, and. Oh my gosh, the Amerlin seat is visiting Faldara with no notice. What? 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 Oh my god. So that's kind of where we leave at the end of, of chapter one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like this chapter. I think, I mean, I'm not going to say I like this chapter. I like all the like, chapters. We like all the chapters. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why I've read them a million well, times. Really, like, stand, I think what we're looking for in this reread is like, like, what are the like pieces of the mystery like that are kind of yeah. being like foreshadowed here? This this chapter I wasn't really like highlighting super a lot yet, but I kind of started to like highlight things like as as we move mm. forward. Okay, I had never. I don't think I like. I'm just. I'm trying to much more carefully read these books. I cannot <laughs> say that enough. So I don't think I okay. ever like. Okay really remembered that Rand's sword was like one of these like one power swords you know um yeah and uh I do wonder how do you think Tam got it like how do you I mean uh, you know to get this sword in particular do you think it was just Tavarin for Tam who knows yeah maybe I mean Tam must have been I mean Tam has to be like some kind of He's obviously special to the pow- to the pattern if he's the one who right. found Rand, right? That's true. Like, yeah. that is, you know, was definitely weaved into existence. So everything is kind of, like, setting up his life for that. Uh, I don't think we get much more of Tam's, like, why he went and was fighting. I would love, I would love that, like, auxiliary story. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Like, I, you know... How did Tam end up a blades master? Yeah, it seems. Where the fuck did he get this sword from? Yeah, it's so funny because it does seem like it's this huge mystery, uh, and it's it's come back to a lot, right? And it kind of seems a little bit in this chapter too. Like Lan keeps reading Rand's mind, and it's like, you know, Mm. you know, he has that moment where Rand's like thinking again. Like he's Rand is like still in this space where he's like really trying to convince himself like tam is his father like he still never got a chance to ask tam about all the like musings in the woods and then land out of nowhere is like you know here in shinar and because obviously i mean lands an orphan too 
you know Lan was yeah. carried off as a baby and raised by men who were not his father his actual father but he definitely like has that uh love and connection to those men who raised him and and so I think it, I think it's good that I, that I love, see, I miss this in the show too, because I love the relationship that Lan and Rand build together in the books yeah. through his like kind of mentoring of him. Like Lan's like this safe space where Rand can kind of like talk about the Aes Sedai stuff. Like Lan knows what's uh-huh. going on with him. He's like somebody to look up to. And this is a beautiful scene, uh, this mm-hmm. chapter where we really like dig into that. Well, and this is where Lan says, it'd be better for you if you were a week gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. So we do have in this uh, first chapter, like, we know Rand, and I. this is like part of my weakness of not having finished my reread of uh, Eye of the World, is that uh, we have Rand at the end of Eye of the World saying, like, he's going to take off. He's done. He yep. thinks he's done. Right? Does he think yep. he's done? Yeah. Uh, And Moraine's kind of taken the approach of like, okay, I'm going to let him think he can leave because uh, he's real stubborn, like those men of Manatherin. And uh, and but like Rand is still just like hanging around Faldara and Lan's like, why are you hanging out around Faldara still? You said you were leaving. And uh, he's like, and uh, first Rand is like, oh, you know, I just, I want to spend more time with my friends before I, like, I never see them again. And then he's like, you know, oh, and I really like, you know, they kind of, like, tease out that he, like, wants Egwene to go with him, which I think is mm-hmm. nice because, like, there's a little bit more of, like, this Rand Egwene connection in this early part of this book than I remember there yeah. being, which is, like, a nice echo to the, where we are in the show story. Yeah, I think, I think that Rand is not really ready to take on the ramifications of what it means to be able to channel oh for sure right like he's just he's so in denial at this point and he's yeah yeah i think that's why he's not not wanting to leave but to go back to the the land um rant relationship like i do love it right it's i think it's a really interesting it, 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 it's. I just think it's really interesting the way Lan is kind of straddling his uh, protectiveness and his allegiance to Moraine. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to balance that along with his protectiveness of Rand, right? Like I feel like he has a, he does feel a sense of duty to Rand um and I think yeah this is like the first time where we really see that you know he is concerned for Rand he is he is concerned what the Aes Sedai will do to Rand yeah I mean well he's spent as much time on this journey as Moraine and I you know he has Mm -hmm. also a weird allegiance to the Dragon Reborn whoever that is Mm -hmm. and now knowing that Mm -hmm. it's Rand it's like oh okay, now now's the time. Like, we're shaping this guy into the person who's going yeah. to save yeah. the world. Yeah. Well, I also think this is, you know, Lan continues to sort of chafe against his bonds with Moraine, like, as the books, you right, know, right. as the books progress. Yeah. I think this is the first, like, the first time we really see him 
maybe not quite siding with Moraine, right? Because up to this point, like, even though his heart is called by Nynaeve, he doesn't, like, he doesn't question his ability to be with her. He's like, no, I can't. Like, I just can't, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But with Rand, it's like, I I feel like we're starting to see a little bit of that, that separation. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting that he just is like, uh, ooh, Amberlynn seats here. You should have been gone a week ago. Peace out. <laughs> just like fails. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess. So we also learn in this scene that like uh, Moraine's been gone. We don't know where she's been gone. We also learn that uh, Rand has been uh, a little bit annoyed that like Mar- he feels like Moraine's abandoned him. Like he's like, she needs to tell me something. That's kind of also a mm-hmm. reason I'm still around here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing now. Um, and, uh, you know, and he still is like. Like you said, like very, like the the this idea of being able to channel is so new. Matt and Perrin still don't know about it. Only people that know are mm-hmm. Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve and Egwene. And uh, he only can do it by accident. He doesn't even know how to do it, you know, right. which is different than the show. Because I guess in the show now they've had like basically Ishamael or shaitan or whoever that was at the end of the first season like basically like instruct him on how to channel does that mean we're not getting (laughs) asmodian whatever so uh yeah um but um but yeah you just see you get all kinds of evidence that that rand is still a lost boy right now he's just like you know and as soon as the amaralency gets there he's afraid he is like they're yeah. gonna gentle me i know from tom that that's worse than death and like i don't want that to happen how do i get away but from he's a little now? conflicted a little he's bit a little, conflicted. a little bit but i think wow. he's still like uh uh i just you know well yeah who how I just would you channel. not be? How would you, yeah i won't channel that i won't yeah. go mad i just won't i promise i won't go crazy yeah and I he's know. like so afraid of that this, like what a lot yeah. to like deal with as this young person you know just like so much yeah. to like yeah i think this this is where uh you know i really like the ages that they are in the book mm-hmm. because he does feel like a he's still a young boy yeah right i mean i mean he's not a young boy but he is you know he's he I, in the book they're what like 17 18 no i don't know i can't figure that i haven't been able to figure that out yet in the books i still thought they were 20 i thought i thought in books and show they're 20 just 20 means something completely different in both of the different oh, worlds i don't know why i thought they were slightly younger i'm not sure we'll have to look that up yeah i mean Gwen um, is two years younger so she's more like 18 but they could be like 18 16 i'm not really sure actually yeah yeah um but but he's still so I don't know. Like, it's really, it's really sweet. Yeah. I think it's really sweet how he's just, you know, he doesn't want to step into adulthood. He doesn't want to step into the consequences of what it means yeah, and he, to be the dragon, to leave your friends, oh, yeah. to never go home again, yeah, to really, never. Yeah. 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 He's longing for home for sure. Uh, but he's, uh, he's definitely, we leave the end of this chapter He's very afraid of what, uh, yeah, what it means that the Emerald Seat is there. Yeah, because this shit never, never happens. happens. No, and that's really important. Yeah, they were to like, know. The, like uh, the Emerald Seat has literally never been to Faldara, or this Emerald Seat at least has never been to Faldara. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and for her to arrive out of the blue, yeah, nobody knew with 
no warning and they can't prepare like and we have to remember too that the Shinarans are like incredibly respectful of Aes Sedai right. right like they like this is a huge huge honor for them all right, so, well, moving on. Big deal. Chapter two, the welcome. And our little symbol for this is the flame of Tarvalon. So, you know, the uh, the yin sign? Yeah. The yin sign yeah. is the, the white part, right? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. Yes. I think so. Yes. Uh, anyway, so we're within uh, uh, Fall de Ra. We're still following Rand's point of view here. And he's like, okay, I'm out of here now. So he like, goes to his rooms and he discovers that like basically... Uh, Moraine's told uh, what do they call the um, the lady who runs the house? Anyway, the uh, the Shatayan. Her name's Alansu, so she like runs like basically the the Valdara keep household, and she's there in his room, like basically getting rid of all his clothes and replacing them with these like very fine, like uh, well cut Shinaran clothes, like very fancy, like so many clothes, and Ram's just like. He's a fancy what man. What is happening? Like, <laughs> I've only ever had one cloak. Now I have two. I have all these jackets. And he sees one of the jackets, though, and somebody's embroidered it with the symbol of the dragon. And he's like, what the fuck is this? I, I cannot wear that. <laughs> like, that's basically putting, uh, you know, like a, a target on me, basically. So anyway, um. He's definitely already decided he is taking off, but he doesn't know how to get uh, how to get out of this situation because uh, the servants are very uh, they keep their eyes on him and they think it's real cute when he's like, "Can you leave, please, so I can get changed?" Uh, because the Shinarans take baths all together, and that has made Rand and the other boys very uncomfortable. Uh, so, uh, also, I think it's really cute. I just want to say, like, Moraine is such a fashion diva. I love that she's like, <laughs> here's a whole new wardrobe for she's everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, there's a very specific reason she does that, which we get to later. Oh, I think I missed that reason, unless we haven't gotten there yet. Well, so she, it's in, it's in one of her later chapters. Oh, okay. Then she... Yeah. We're not going to get there today. Should I say No, it? no, Should no. We'll wait. It? We'll wait. Because okay. okay. I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. be spoiled either. Okay. There's a very specific reason why she gives them all new clothes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I figure that has to be. There's always but a reason. She's a fashion diva. There's always a reason behind anything an Aes Sedai does, you all. Mm-hmm. But uh, even his boots. He's like, but my boots, they fit so good and I broke them in. But okay, I guess I'll give you my boots if that means you're going to leave. Um, so then he gets like rid of them all and then he like packs very quickly just like as many of the new clothes that he can he like uh, takes the cloak that has the dragon symbol on it and like you know is like I'll just pick this out later I've seen people pick out (laughs) embroidery before (laughs) and like wraps everything up and gets his bundles together uh, and he puts the new boots on and he's like oh okay these boots are pretty good actually (laughs) so uh, nice and uh, um Oh, geez. Oh, and then he specially takes out from under these, like, benches where they keep fires to, like, warm the beds at night, a special package, which turns out to be Tom's Glee Man cloak and his harp and his flute. So we really see that, like, powerful connection and influence that Tom had and this, like, that guilt that Rand has that Tom basically died, tried to protect him. 
Um, and then the, and then something else happens. <laughs> I'm doing great today, everyone. This is great. I'm gonna cut all of this out where I like have no idea what I'm talking about right now. It's um, fine. And then uh, we're definitely. Oh, so then, uh, so basically, he's just like, uh, like leaving, um, and uh, he needs to figure out how to get to the to the uh, um, to the stables. Hello. And he decides that he is going to go to, there's two ways he can get there. There's like a long way or there's a way that's going to take him right through uh, where they're welcoming the Amerlin in like the main court. And Rand, you fool. He's like, oh, there's no harm. I mean, it'll be like seeing a queen. I can just go and like take a look. There's no harm in that. So he like goes that way and he goes to the courtyard. He sees the welcoming happening. He sees the Armalyn seat. He sees all these warders, all these eyes to die. Uh, probably going to get in trouble there. Um, and then he uh, uh, witnesses the welcome, which is like this uh, ceremony that happens between Lord Algamar and also uh, the Armalyn seat. He goes to the stables and is told by Tima who is the master of the stables, that they've just received orders that nobody can leave Faldara. And then all the Shinarans seem to really think that the reason the Amarlin seat is there is because of Rand and all his friends. So they're all like, ooh, it's cool. You're going to be at the Amarlin seat, right? And then Rand's like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then he like pieces out to try to find a way to get out of the city. That's what happens. In that chapter. Boy, my recaps are awesome. (laughs) No, they're good. You're into it. I like it. Um, Yeah, I... So, what I love... I just find it very heartwarming that, like, the boys, like, are so... They're just, like, kind of prudish. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, they're like, don't see me naked. Not in the show version. Well, yes. Um, I wouldn't want, I mean, you know, I don't want strangers watching me while I change either. So I get it. But uh, I don't know. There are just like little things that happen in this world, in this book that like, I don't know, they warm, they warm my heart. They're like so innocent. One of the things though, like Robert Jordan's trying to say with there being like such like, this difference between like so we have our cultures that are like very mm-hmm. open you know mm-hmm. the Aiel the Shinarans and then we have our cul- cultures that are very prudish the two rivers Kyrian like just to name like yeah. people like why do you think he's like very specifically targeted that as like difference in cultures between those I don't know if he's really trying to say anything I, I always I, I just kind of take it as like he the world that Robert Jordan has created is so so specific right um every land has its own very specific culture right like we can we he gives us differences of accents differences of dress and like a lot of a, a lot of uh, like fantasy books will will 
will distinguish how people dress. But he goes beyond that, right? With like, we get different marriage customs. We get different accents. Like I said, we get uh, different attitudes towards Aes Sedai, different attitudes towards channeling, different attitudes towards um, uh, nudity, different attitudes towards men and women and like the hierarchies between the genders. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't know. I I, I think he's just exploring that there are different ways to do things because I don't, I don't know. I don't really get a sense of like a a ton of judgment Mm. around, around this stuff. I mean, I think there's some stuff that, you know, we can easily say like the Kyrian, right? Like, ooh, they're super schemers. Right. But we also get the fact that, yeah, they're very prudish day to day. But when they do that, like, revel or whatever it is, like, oh, there's right, that, like, right, one yeah. time of year where they do the revel and they go fucking balls to the wall. Yeah. Like, they're just, everyone's just fucking everybody else and they're all naked <laughs> and doing drugs and crazy. So yeah, and that that's you know to to bring it back to the show. That's that's one of the things that I really, I really love about the books and really miss mm-hmm. um, is that there is such a specificity to the different cultures. Whereas in the show, everybody's just kind of has the same British accent, and I'm mm. like, they're all kind of the same. <laughs> so, At least so far. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you do? You think he's trying to say something? No, no. It What's honestly it? just occurred to me. I was like, oh, it's interesting yeah. that like, but I like, I like. Um, I like what you're saying, because obviously I haven't read a ton of fantasy books, so I don't know the difference of depth that we go into between different cultures here versus, like, if that's not the norm for other. Um... Yeah. I mean, maybe there are other sure I mean, ones there that are, but... do it, but, like, I don't. I mean, I've read quite a bit of fantasy, and and I can't think of another series that goes as in depth with each culture like you you might get a little bit more than dress but there's just yeah it's just like yeah it almost seems way more specific it almost seems like if anything it's just kind of like him trying to like show how sheltered our like two rivers folks like heroes were you know before they get out into the world just because they're like confronted immediately by these cultures that are so different from them including (laughs) in ways like uh, you know, so we have our like puritanical, you know, two rivers folks, and then we have our less puritanical yeah. Shinarans. Um, they're just like they're just bodies, man. Yeah, like whatever. Totally. It's not sexual. They're just bodies. <laughs> I do have to say, I really like the the kind of like the head woman. Yeah. What I. I Shy, it's like Shatayan like, or something, and then there's Shatayan, like the male yeah, it's the version and the Shambayan, yeah, who's like or something, yeah. and then the, the male version is the, the male version is uh, out with hanging out with Lord Algamar because uh, yeah. they say that the the um, the Shatayan only lets him like do the formal ceremonies and act yeah. as Lord Algamar's secretary. So yeah, I really you know this is another example where. Like, we get where Robert Jordan does this all the time in the books where he's like, oh, men are so, the women all think men are so stupid. Oh, I hate it. And the men are like, 
I don't understand women. They're so crazy. Like, but literally my main complaint of this book series. I know. Yes. I mean, yes. But, like, there's also, there's also something that feels kind of sweet and innocent to me about it. Uh. That I find, like, I find a little... I find a little, like... Well, I don't know. There's something about it that I'm like... But he spends so much time, like, giving complexity to all the cultures, but then, like, has this very limited view of, like, men versus women and, like, what (laughs) men and women think of each other. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, I am, like, dyed-in-the-wool feminist, like, fourth-wave feminist, right? Like, this this is not how I live my life, but... There's just something like kind of sweet about it to me. That I, I think. I think if Benita today was reading this for the first time, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. There's just I don't know. There's just something that I'm like, oh, you, you silly old man. You know nothing about the complex dynamics oh. of well, the, the, the male female relationships. The one praise I will give the show is that they are not leaning into that at all. And like, yes, thank you for that. Although. I think they're leaning too far in the other direction where like we also don't uh, don't have any balance with the yeah. men. The men are so like yeah, I think. nothing. Yeah. And I think and here here's the thing, right? And I uh, I think the reason why it doesn't bother me in the books, like it's annoying that he says it all the time. All the time. All the time. That's annoying. And it's the only way but, that men and women interact with each other. Right. Right. But the reason it doesn't, like, bother me aside from that and why I think I can look at it as kind of, like, cute is because men and women in these books are equals. Hmm. Yeah. Like, we, you know, and, and that's another thing with, like, all the characters, right? Like, a lot of the characters, you have to differentiate between what they think and what they do. Right, like Matt always talks about like not wanting any responsibility, not wanting to take care right. of anybody. He just wants to fuck off, but he's actually like the person that you can always count on. His actions are are very noble, um, and I think the same goes for like on the surface we hear like men and women at rah, 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 and like they're whatever, but. They're actually, inc- like, men and women are equally incredibly powerful and incredibly important and have to work together it, on equal footing to get shit done. So I think that's why it doesn't bother me as much. Hmm. I'll consider that. <laughs> I don't know. I could definitely live without it. That, that, this is, like, literally the I mean, stuff where I'm like, I can't believe I actually read all of these books. Like, what is it in them yeah. that is keeping me in when I'm just, like, so rolling my eyes all the time at yeah, the yeah, fucking, yeah. like, men and women dynamics that are just so I mean, old-fashioned and horrible. It is so old-fashioned. I guess I kind of feel about it the same way I feel when I watch, like, old TV shows. Right? Where you're just like, oh, that's from a bygone era. And I don't think too hard about it. (laughs) Fair. Okay, I'll give you that. 
okay. So, um, you know, I, I have to say, like, in these early chapters, like, uh, I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I love the Rand that we get in these early books, and I'm just like, I'm not looking forward to when Rand just becomes a terrible character. <laughs> like, oh my god, I know. But anyway, Rand is still pretty cool in these books as his, like, trying to figure it all out shit he turns real quick for me though he does here. it's like next book he makes me he or even i can't even remember book, it. i he feel like, I feel like i've never read this book before which is honestly a great feeling um doing the reread you know because mm. it was yeah. so long ago and it, it is so early in the series that you have nothing you, i had no idea what was going no, on you don't remember uh i remember rand if i'm thinking back on it turning real quick for me i think in like the third book it starts to really not be from his perspective at all like it's almost ignoring rand's perspective and mm. it's just like all the other people watching dick. him yeah um oh interesting i'll have to think about that but um anyway let's talk about our final chapter and then we can just okay. like rant off for a little bit again okay so chapter three friends and enemies the shape is a sword yeah with a like a like a curved sword like- I'm sure it has some significance. I don't know. Um, it doesn't appear to be the Heron sword. So it's somebody else's sword. But anyway, so Rand's just trying to like go from gate to gate. And he keeps running into like some soldiers that he kind of knows. One of them is Massima, uh, who's there with a guy named Reagan. But Massima is like very like stone cold. And like, I'm not breaking these orders. You are going nowhere. And he's like eyeing Rand. And he's like, oh, he has all those bags. Uh, so Rand's like, oh, no, I just wanted to go shoot some rabbits, y'all. Like, okay, no worries. I'm just going to go to the gardens or something. And he keeps like walking by all these other gates that are normally not manned. And they're all like covered by guards. And he's like, Jesus, how the heck am I going to get out of here? So he like runs up to the keep again, thinking like maybe he can like climb over the wall or something. But, you know, Faldara has like a moat of spikes (laughs) to keep out the trollocs. (laughs) So he's like, that's not going to work. And, uh, yeah, so I'm basically definitely not going to be able to get out of this place. So he starts to, like, look for a hiding place. And he ends up in, like, these storerooms where there's a bunch of, like, um, he calls them, like, menials in the book or something. So they're, like, (laughs) guys who are not soldiers and, like, they're menials, which means they have a bowl haircut and, like... (laughs) which I think is really funny that Shinehartens either have like a shaved head and a top knot or a bowl haircut, but okay. Uh, and they're playing dice. And then he notices Loyal is there because how could you not notice Loyal? And Loyal is like, oh, Rand, it's so good to see you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, and it turns out Matt and Perrin are there also. And Rand kind of like pulls some like, kind of like how he does... I'm trying to remember if he did in the show or not, but he's definitely like treats Matt and Perrin both very badly. Or he kind of pulls like what, what he's Matt old was yeller doing. In them. Well, okay. I don't know, remember old yeller enough to be like. Old yeller? No. All right. Well, I'll talk. <laughs> but anyway, so he's kind of like, uh, he, he turns on Matt and Perrin and kind of tries to like really insult them and like downplay their friendship. So it basically so that they won't try to go with him when he's trying to leave. Cause he, they don't know yet that he's the dragon reborn. They don't know he can channel and he doesn't want to burden them with that. So he just wants like a clean tie to get away. He's also really rude to Loyal and does the same thing to Loyal. Loyal is like so sad about it, which makes me sad because why would you, uh, make Loyal sad? And then, yeah, the menials are also like, 
how dare you be like that rude to one of the great builders? And so Rand's like, yeah, okay. And he ducks out and he like goes somewhere else. Uh, and uh, as he's going through these rooms, he like has this sense that he's being watched, but he can't like figure it out. Like something's watching him. Something's laughing at him in the shadows, but he cannot figure it out. And he can't find like a safe space to really hide because he can like either imagine somebody easily finding him there or he can imagine like whatever this thing is that's watching him and following him, finding him there. Finally, in one of the hallways, he runs into Egwene and they have like one of these very classic male and female interactions (laughs) together. Uh, Egwene basically ends up like tackling him. Um, But it's very sweet because she's basically like, I know what you're trying to do and you don't need to do that. And like, uh, you know, I know what you did to Matt and Perrin and like, you know, don't worry, we have your back. And like, she's like, I'm going to hide you. Uh, I'm going to hide you in the dungeon. And she reveals that she's been going to visit Pot and Fane in the dungeon. Uh, Moraine has no idea, which Rand is like, what? Um, and she's like, no, it's cool. I'm going to go down to the dungeon and you'll come with me. We'll go see Pot and Fane. And uh, Rand is like, he's a dark friend. Why are you doing that? But she's like, no, no, no. He's like sometimes like his old self. And really, I just want to talk to somebody about home. Uh, and then that kind of makes Rand feel bad because he's like, oh, I know. I've been kind of ignoring you, but I'm just going through my own shit. So they get to the um, the dungeon and the guards who are at the dungeon um, are like very just like kind of cavalier with letting them down into see Pot and Fane. They like know Gwen, but they're like, um, uh, you know, they don't try to take Rand's sword. He's like very like put off by that. He's like, they're not very good guards. And Egwene says that they've been getting worse and worse. Like, you know, they've just like, uh, the prisoners have been getting worse and worse. Like something is feeling like darker and darker in this dungeon's face. They see Pot and Fane and Pot and Fane is immediately like, Randall Thor, I know you're out there. And he talks talking about more death and how like more death knows everything. And then he's like, uh, you know, he just says a lot of like weird shit to Rand. And uh, they're like, uh, okay, we're going to fuck off out of here because this is like super dark and Pot of Fane, we're not going to stay around him when he's like this. And then Egwene's like, well, I'll hide you in the women's quarters. Nobody will ever look for you there because nobody can, because even though the Shinarans are very like free with their like bathing habits, you will not be a man in the women's quarters without being specifically invited there. So um, she convinces him and they fuck off. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is where Rand starts to turn for me. Oh, okay. Well, I, because, like, I understand what he's Why are you mean to your friends? Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't have the emotional maturity to know I how know. to handle, like, being able to, like, say goodbye to his friends. So instead, yeah. he's like, I'm going to make you hate me. It's, like, very classic, like. It's old yeller. That's what you do. Oh, okay. Go on. Get. Aw. Get. Uh, you're mean to something to make it go away because yeah. you. You know, it's best for it. What I feel like was what they have Matt kind of do in the series, right? To Rand yeah. during that one episode. But anyway. Um, yeah, so. I hate it. It made me really mad. Yeah. It makes me so mad every time. Really? <laughs> I've read this. I, I've probably read The Great Hunt like four or five times. <laughs> every single time it makes me mad. Oh. I'm like, just talk to each other. Yeah. Everyone needs therapy. They just, they all need to, they need group therapy. Yeah. They need couples therapy. But it is interesting because it is kind of like, 
you know, Matt is like really offended and Perrin's clearly going through something here too, which I'm like, mm-hmm. you really didn't need to give him a wife. You could have just let him like kill those white cloaks and then deal with like the fallout of like be having yeah. killed people <laughs> like, you know, and also yeah. being like a wolf creature, like, you know, Perrin's going through a lot. He's apparently withdrawing a whole bunch. We learn here. Um, Matt's still attached to the dagger and Rand is really pissed off too that like basically Moraine has like like caused all of this in his eyes yeah. like if they didn't leave Emmons Field Matt would not be attached to that dagger that's really like uh, threatening his life right now Perrin would not have golden eyes Rand has no idea what that's about but he can tell it's really bothering his friend and yeah can we just talk about why is nobody like more freaked out that Perrin has golden eyes all of a sudden? Well, like it's just like kind of there's they're always like, mm, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, I'm like, that's really what? No one we've, in this world has yeah, golden we've eyes. I've never actually seen that on happen to anybody before in the history of this <laughs> world. But um, yeah, no, it's, okay. it's very weird. It's, it's, it's always struck me as so weird yeah. that they're just like kind of accepting their friend's eyes completely changed color to a color no one else has. Yeah. yeah. It's very strange. Um, yeah. It, you know, they start this book really like everyone's really lost. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we, and I think that's, I think that's really cool. Right. Cause like after, after a big event, there's always this like lull afterwards and this kind of sense of, well, where do we go from here? Mm. I think that's what all the characters um, are feeling, except, you know, except for Gwaine so far, because she knows exactly what she's doing. She's going to Tarvalon. Yeah. And she's excited about it. Woo! She's so excited about it. Yeah. Um, I really, uh, yeah, that scene where, like, Gwaine tackles Rand. Like, that's one of the scenes where, like, that I just still does actually make me roll my eyes. Cause like, what? I, I thought like, it was what? cute. It's actually more interaction than I remember the two of them ever having. So mm. I'm glad that I'm revisiting that because, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they, what they do with that relationship in the show. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But um, basically, do you think any of, none of this stuff will be in the show, right? We've already, like, kind of moved past all this. Uh, clearly, the Amarillin Seed is mm-hmm. not coming to fall Dara because she's already, like, exiled Moraine and they've done all the stuff that we're about to get right. to next episode, like, in Tarvalin. Right. Uh, it just makes me, like, angry because there's, yeah. like, and obviously we didn't capture Pot and Fane, so we're not going to go through any, like, questioning of him and, like, find out right. any of the important stuff we need to know about him. Um, right. I mean, and Rand in the show has, as far as we know, fucked off, but, like, maybe he's gonna wander back to Faldara in the new season and be like, ah, just kidding, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> But it doesn't seem like yeah, they've really been know. like set up for that, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think we're just gonna skip past all of this because Matt is not there. Right. I, I I think we're gonna skip past all of this. Well, it's too bad because this is um, gold. It is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, even like you know, I'm skipping ahead to next week, but like, I just feel like even the Aes Sedai politics are so much better in this book than so they good. are in the show. 
Yeah, and, so and good. you know, the Aes Sedai politics were one of the things we thought they handled okay. But now, like rereading them in the book, you're like, yeah. also, yeah. did you? I'm jumping ahead to next week, but did you notice that Megan is one of the one of the Aes Sedai that's did. with them? And I was like, I Megan! did. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot she was a character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that we, I like that we start to see. I think it's really cool how we start to see Padden Thane has been touched by Mordeth and like that evil is creeping out right or it's like they get worse every time I don't know yeah. and like being on your reread you're like oh I know yeah, that was really I know weird. what's happening yeah. everyone's getting corrupted around him yeah. Patton Fane's very creepy I like it yeah um, yeah I thought that was all good and I, I'm, I'm sad that they took it all out of the show I know could it just put it all in and gotten rid of I don't know anyway I know that Matt not being there like also complicated a lot right of there's nothing they could have done about that but but um but yeah so far 10 out of 10 great hunt. 10. except for okay 9 out of 10 it. because we don't like your male and female ways that people talk to each other well I don't yeah. I'm not speaking for Benita because we I know mean, she's okay listen, with it <laughs> I don't I don't love it it just feels harmless. I guess that's what it is. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I know that that kind of representation of male and female dynamics in the real world is super harmful and, like, it, it getting perpetuated in art, like, is a reflection of that. In like it being it being in art, like perpetuates that. Like I, I know that it's problematic. I just, for whatever reason, am not super bothered by it in this context. Huh. I don't well, know I'm why. I'm gonna keep drilling into that, and I will turn. I you. know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I would never ever accept any of that. No in my life right like the, ever yeah. and that is that like that's not something that i see in real yeah i don't know i don't know why i truly do not know why well, we'll but it in. feels like we'll cute it. and harmless we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> examine it as we go along because it's gonna get more and more annoying as you know oh my god i know uh. i know um but i did yeah i just I love it. I have to say, like, I absolutely just every time I have the opportunity to reread the books, it is just it feels like stepping into a warm bath. Yeah. Like, I love these characters. I love. Uh, I, I just I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely uh, excited to do the reread because it just feels like such a richer experience mm-hmm. than my first read was. So. But next week, y'all, so if you're reading along with us, next week we're going to talk about chapters four through seven. So um, there'll be a lot of, like, juicy Aes Sedai stuff to dig into, which I'm super looking forward to. Oh, my favorite. Some of my favorite stuff of the books. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to tell all your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. Yeah, just tell somebody. Just even like one person. (laughs) We'll be happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. 
and if you have any thoughts or questions, you can follow us on Instagram at one power pod. Drop us a DM. I've already uh, made some friendships on there from listeners, and I love it. You guys are amazing. Uh, you can also send us an email with your thoughts at uh, onepowerpodcast at gmail.com. We will talk to you in two weeks. And until then, may you find water and shade. <laughs>